What's up everybody, it's your boy Matty. We have some exciting news for you. We have been provided a special discount promo code from BioSteel Sports to give to our loyal Canada Hoops followers and listeners. The discount code is CanadaHoops30. You get 30% off your order. It's online only and valid in Canada. BioSteel is a tremendous brand and their sports hydration and sports nutrition products are incredible. I use BioSteel hydration products all the time, especially playing basketball. We're excited to offer the Canada Hoops 30 discount code to you. When you make a purchase online at biosteel.ca using the Canada Hoops 30 discount code, you're also supporting Canada Hoops podcast at the same time. BioSteel is not an official partner or sponsor of Canada Hoops, but they have provided us and you with this awesome discount. Thank you to our listeners and followers for your continued love and support of Canada Hoops podcast. And now, Canada Hoops, hosted by Maddie Ireland. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Canada Hoops. Thank you for continuing to rock with us. We truly appreciate your support. Please keep downloading and sharing us. Our guest today represents Halifax, Nova Scotia. She is a former Bishop's Gator and is the head coach of the TMU Bold, formerly the Ryerson Rams, who are the current U-Sports national champions. And if you have watched and supported any team for the women's program for Canada basketball, there is a good chance she has been on the staff as the head coach of the 2017 U19 Junior Women's National Team. She led the squad to its first ever medal at the U19 World Cup, claiming the bronze medal. And in the summer of 2021, she became an Olympian, serving as an assistant coach with the Senior Women's National Team at the Tokyo Olympics. She was the head coach for the 2022 under-23 Global Jam team for Canada basketball winning gold and just helped the senior women's national team place fourth at the FIBA Women's World Cup as an assistant coach. And give it up for Carly Clark. Carly, thanks very much for joining us on Canada Hoops. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, to- I'm looking forward to the, the conversation and uh, you're well accomplished um, and you've and you've contributed a lot to the to the women's program for Canada basketball thus far. So I just think, uh, you know, we want to, we want to show you love on the podcast. Um, we touched on it a little bit before we, uh, we hit record, but how is everything going Carly after the outstanding summer you've had between the global jam and the world cup, you know, have you had a little chance to wind down it all and, uh, you know, just let our, our listeners and your supporters know how things are going. Yeah, um, wind down, not so much, <laughs> but, um, you know, I would say that's uh, something that I've gotten used to. And I know, uh, I know where the windows are in my, in my, uh, I guess, different seasons to be able to build in some rest and recovery and rejuvenation. Right. Um, but yeah, hopped off a plane from Australia, October 2nd, coming back from the World Cup and 
jumped right back into things with our TMU women's women's program. And uh, we've been full tilt in, in our exhibition season, which wrapped up this p- past weekend. So uh, things have not slowed down. It feels like they haven't slowed down for the last 16 months, but there's been some pretty exciting adventures uh, during that time that, uh, that make it certainly all worthwhile. And you mentioned, um, you know, a bit of, new, of a new roster at TMU. Um, you know, given that you are defending national champs and, you know, there's going to be that target on you all year. You know, what's the outlook for your team and the expectation, I guess, from you and your staff? The thing I focus on um, every single day, regardless of, I think, what we believe our team can accomplish is to be the best at getting better. Um, you know, I took a lot of lessons from my time when I was head coaching at UPI and, and started as a really young head coach there, um, you know, and re- was rebuilding a team. For me, it was always about being the best at getting better. And, and that's a lesson that I've taken to, to every season and every team um, and every day. But um, we're really excited about the team we have this year at TMU. We graduated six athletes last season, uh, working our way through some injuries here in the preseason. But um, you know, we're talking about trying to be our best in, in February and March when, when it matters the most. So our path will look different this year, but we believe in the group that we have to be, uh, to be in the mix when it matters. Nice. I like it. Well, I know a lot of people that obviously follow the game across the country and, and support you are going to be, uh, cheering hard for TMU as you look to defend the title. Um, just really quick because of the the summer you did have and the roles obviously as a head coach with the global jam team and then going to Australia and, and obviously being on Victor's staff, um, you know, you're well accomplished as a coach and that's, that's very obvious, but what, you know, each team that you're on and in a head coach role with the global jam and then as an assistant with Victor's staff, you know, what are those teaching points you can take now to this upcoming season? Uh, with TMU? Yeah, great question. I think something I'm still, you know, reflecting on and constantly reflecting on, but that's been this something I love the most about it. The experiences that I get is every single opportunity provides so much growth and learning for me. Um, you know, from, from the U23 team, getting to work with some of our top young athletes, um, you know, getting a sense of, of what that age group is capable of and, I think some little skill things and and tactical things I was able to bring back and, and any world cup experience I've been to has been unmatched, but to get a chance to work with Victor and um, you know, some of his Spanish experiences um, you know, that has been, you know, really eye opening in in some of the things that he emphasizes a little bit differently. I think one of the thing that stood out for me um, from that experience or from him in particular was, um, using fouls. And that's something that from my experiences of coaching in, in Canada um, has never really been a topic of discussion uh, as prominently as it was with him. Oh, cool. I like that, uh, you know, that info. That's, that's, that's cool to hear. Um, Carly, let's, if we can, let's run it back. Just tell us about a young you growing up in, in beautiful Halifax, Nova Scotia. I love, I love that province. Um did you play other sports as well? You know, just talk about your, your youth and then, you know, how basketball ultimately kind of came into the picture for you. Yeah, I started playing basketball when I was in grade three. Um, and 
the summer going into grade three, my family actually moved from one neighborhood to the other. And I always tell people half serious, I think half joking, but if we hadn't moved, I always wonder if I would have played right. hockey, but I, the neighborhood I moved to, um, you know, all the kids around me were all playing basketball. So those were my friends and, you know, joined the house league, you know, team with them. And, and that's, that kicked it all off. And through my youth, my driveway became the hangout spot every, you know, evening and weekend was where we played um, nonstop until we either broke the light or, um, you know, we were called to go home. So, um, you know, always loved basketball. It was always a connector for me. Um, you know, as I grew up and got into junior high and high school, as we called it out east, um, I definitely played a ton of different sports. Volleyball was another prominent one, and I was lucky to be uh, recruited a little bit for volleyball, but uh, I chose the, the basketball pathway. You know, I played badminton. I did track and field. Um, you know, I felt like I had a lot of balance that way, and the golf time in the summer dwindled as summer basketball picked up, but that was something that I was lucky to, to pick up as a kid as well. Um, yeah. Cool. Go ahead. I, uh, I've had a conversation with past guests, um, not every one of them, but just, I think, uh, you know, if you kind of look at our generation, you know, kids today, uh, are so specialized, um, say to one sport, but I think if you go back, you know, you talk about the different sports you, you played growing up, uh, you know, put your coaching hat back on for a minute. Um, you know, how do you feel about that? Where a lot of athletes now that, you know, are coming into, the basketball teams and programs you're affiliated with, they get really specialized at a young age. What do you think about, you know, more athletes trying to have diversity in their sports now? Yeah, I, I believe the balance is important. Um, you know, that certainly was my experience. I was never a national team athlete, but was fortunate to have a solid university career. And, um, you know, I think getting a break from it all is you know, maybe the most important thing. And that's the thing that's popping up, even when the athletes get to high school age, where it's probably time to start specializing a little bit more. Um, you know, they're still jumping from one team to another, or one training thing to the next. And there's just so little time now in their schedules to get that recovery. And, um, you know, I'm a big believer in that in order to, to have a long and, you know, healthy career. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, it's kind of, it's missed now. I think that the lack of balance for some kids is kind of evident, but I guess in a way, one point that's been brought up before with past guests is, you know, if they really do love that one sport and let's just use basketball as an example, they're, they're having to really commit all that time and really specialize in it to play at the next level and get that, that proper training. So I think the balance is tough, but, uh, Great point. So, you, you know, you started loving the game early and playing a lot of basketball. Who did you look up to on the basketball court? Whose game did you really like? Yeah, well, um, I guess I was prime Michael Jordan yeah. era. Um, you know, I was about 10, I was 10 years old in 1993. So my life revolved around the Bulls and I was also a Montreal Canadiens fan and a Blue Jays nice. fan. So, I don't know if that's coincidence or not. They all won that year. Or that's why I like them. Um, but yeah, I watched a lot of the Bulls and I still to this day have a Jordan poster in my office with his quote. 
about um, failing over and over again, the number of shots he's missed, right. and, and that is why he succeeds. That that quote has been with me um, for decades now. And, um, you know, outside of players, I was really, really fortunate in Halifax to grow up. Um, you know, a lot of the universities around me were coached by women, and their doors were always open. You know, I went to the camps, and, um, you know, I think that probably helped steer my career as a coach as well as a player. Um, and, you know, I had a lot of exposure to those university players that were playing at Dal and St. Mary's uh, when I was a kid. And I think that's really what I aspired to for a long time, uh, more than anything. Yeah, that's cool. I always love hearing just, you know, the people in your community that you have, you know, direct access to. I just think, you know, sometimes a Michael Jordan is sort of like, seems like a, a dream, so to speak. But those community people really fuel that dream. and um, I just love hearing those stories. That's really cool. Um, the high school years, just talk about your memories there at that level. Did you know um, at an early time in high school that you wanted to play in university? Just take me through your kind of high school seasons, if you will. Yeah, I was first, um, you know, kind of exposed to the provincial team level at, at U15 and had a really good experience with that. Um, it was only a regional competition at that point, but, you know, that was the taste of a little bit more high performance. And and then the high school I went to in Halifax, Queen Elizabeth High School, it doesn't exist anymore. Um, but I was fortunate to play for one of the best coaches in the province, Stephen Stewart, who to this day remains a, a really close friend of mine. And, um, you know, he, he was building a program and, you know, it was a high standard and, and steering towards excellence. And I think, uh, you know, just the sniff of that really inspired me to, to believe that I could go on and play to the, at the next level. And, um, you know, I was fortunate to play on a team that was full of players that played at the next level. Um, everybody played at the university. We had one or two athletes that, that went to the NCAA and we were the top team in the province. So the experience there was pretty positive. We won, two provincial championships and um, you know, the competitive environment in practice was as strong as it was uh, in games. So um, I'm a pretty competitive person and I think that really fueled it to, to take things to the next level. Yeah, that's cool. And then I saw um, kind of a cool fact. You played in the Canada summer games in 2001 in London for Nova Scotia, obviously. Um, and you played against a Saskatchewan team that was coached by Lisa Tomitis, uh, you know, who you would obviously work with on the senior men's national team. And I just wanted to kind of throw, I played at those Canada summer games as well, uh, playing, playing basketball. Fun. So I, when I saw that, I was like, man, that's kind of, kind of cool. You know, probably, I probably watched one of your games and then actually, uh, our last game there was against, uh, Nova Scotia and, Coach K was coaching the, the Nova Scotia boys, so that was that was cool. Mm -hmm. So you've had a, a connection with Lisa for kind of going back uh, to your young time there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think we all know how small the basketball world is, and you know that's another example yeah. of it. Um, one of the really other cool connections from that experience for me is um, Kim Smith Gaucher. Uh, she was with Team cool. BC. And our, our first game actually was against BC and we had pretty high expectations. We had beaten Ontario in, um, 
you know, a tune-up game. And uh, we felt like we had a chance to maybe compete for a medal. And our first game against BC, uh, you know, did not start off well. And, it, you know, the rest of the tournament didn't go great for our team, unfortunately. But, um, you know, I was thinking back to how I remember being in the hallway lining up to for intros and, and Kim and Team BC was right there next to me. And then literally 20 years later, I was her coach at the wow. Olympics. So, you know, she went on to be a, obviously an incredible player, but, um, you know, just so interesting how, how paths go. And, and you know, we kind of crossed then and 20 years later, we're, we're together again for a pretty special experience. Yeah, you're right. I just love, you know, you're you know, hitting on the head. The community is sometimes it seems really big. And then really it's not right. And so I saw that and uh, I just, that was a great experience for us. Um, I grew up in the Yukon, so we were, you know, a small team, but we had a lot of guys play college and university and then just getting a, we put a bit of a run on Nova Scotia and coach K was getting pretty mad and you could, he was just, he was losing his crap on the, on the sideline. And, but you know, he came up after and said, wow, you guys really compete. And um, so that was really cool. So I just thought, cool fact about uh that time in your life and then um you chose to play at uh, bishops in sherbrooke quebec um you know did you try to stay close to home there was like you mentioned some great schools in the halifax area um but why did you ultimately choose bishops yeah i Definitely had some opportunities to stay at home, but I knew I wanted to get a little bit further away. There's, you know, eight great universities in, in Nova Scotia or, or the Maritimes that, you know, I probably um, could have considered, but I wanted to do something a little bit different, play against some different people at that time and get a different experience. And actually in, in 1998, so the U Sports National Championships used to always be hosted in right. Halifax. And gr growing up as a kid, I would go be at that tournament every single year. And um, I always remember watching, like I saw all the different teams across the country compete, watch St. of X win some really exciting and um, national championships with great crowds in the stands. But I'll never forget 1998 when the Bishops men's team won their national championship. And most teams had a fan section on the end line. Bishops had that and this whole other section up the sideline. Cool. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, that school spirit resonated with me. And, and without it, I maybe wouldn't have known much about bishops. Um, so that's kind of the story of how I ended up there, as, or at least was familiar with them and connected well with the coach and had a good opportunity to go there. And again, it aligned with me wanting to get a little bit away. And in 2004, you led the nation in three-point percentage uh, and then that same season, your team made it to nationals. Um, you know, are you like at that point university and you're getting a lot of games and seeing a lot of different teams and coaches, like, how do you, at that point, do you start figuring, you know, I might want to coach after I'm done playing is just kind of, when does that moment start clicking for you? Yeah, I did start doing some coaching in the summers. Like while I was still playing there at Bishops. Um, but, you know, I was, I reconnected with a friend this past summer while he was in town here in Toronto and I knew him since high school. And, and he said to me, he's like, you told me in grade 12, you're going to be nice. a coach. And to me, I, I never, it never really resonated. But after he said that, 
I, you know, I reflected more and more because I had kept telling myself I didn't know when I wanted to be a coach. But, you know, as I thought back, I in high school, I job shadowed Carolyn Savoy at Dalhousie. And, um, you know, I had to do a volunteer project and I volunteered as a coach. So I think all the signs were there, even though I maybe didn't explicitly know it. So um, certainly throughout my time at Bishops, I had some opportunities to get some experience there. And you know, as soon as I was done playing it, uh, you know, things took off. And your so your first coaching job was an assistant at Dow, correct? After you done it at Bishops? Yeah, I didn't know what I was going to do when I finished at Bishops in 2006. And Carolyn Savoy, I had played Canada games for her. And again, I had job shadowed and been around her a lot right. growing up. And she, she gave me a call and asked if I wanted to come and join her staff. And I had been thinking about doing a, a master's in business anyway. So I was able to go be an assistant with her for two years while getting my MBA. So I think that made my dad really happy uh, yeah. to know that I was, you know, working towards a potential alternative career. And, um, you know, Carolyn at that time was incredible. It was later in her career. So she was super empowering myself and the other assistant got to do a ton of the work. We got to lead, we got to, um, be engaged in decision-making and, um, you know, again, got a really great taste of what it's like coaching at that level, and things kept going. And then um, I read that you had coached uh, with uh, Canada Basketball's like uh, Nita Academy there too, right? So were you there when Natalie was there as a young player? Like I was trying to look at the timeline mm -hmm. of the years as well. Exactly. So I was at Dal for two years and then went to Nita for that yeah. one year. Uh, Nat, Nat was in grade 11. The Plouffe twins okay, were there. Cool. Kayla Alexander was there. So we had a bunch of future Olympians on the roster. Yeah, tough squad. Yeah, I just thought, I was, I was looking at the years. I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure Natalie was there. So, you know, fast forward and, and you've coached them on the national team. Uh, you know, you, you with the coaching side, like you start getting those roles. Um, and, and I know you coached at UPI for three years. Like who... You're figuring you're making a run at the the coaching side. Like, who do you start really leaning on and and looking up to, and really, you know, just hounding for advice as as you start that journey? Yeah, it's so interesting. I think when you start out as a young coach, I think you, uh, I'll never forget my university coach Rod Gilpin. As I was getting into coaching, said, "You don't know how much yeah. you don't know." And when you're a young coach, you really don't know that. And you, th you think you know more than you do. Um, so if I were to give advice to young coaches, I would say, like, get a mentor right away. Sometimes, you know, people are a little shy to that. Um, I was really fortunate to have a lot of people in my corner. Rod, who was my coach at, at Bishops, my high school coach, who I mentioned earlier. And, and Mike McKay was a really big piece for me as well. Um, and, you know, especially through a lot of the national team stuff, I had a lot of touch points with him uh, when I coached provincial team. And, and I think he really helped me grow in a lot of ways too. Um, so now, you know, you're highly recognized as, you know, uh, a national coach, uh, you, you know, you sport champion with Canada basketball. You know, do you have a lot of young coaches reaching out to you and, and trying to, you know, pick your brain now as well? Yeah, I definitely hear from people. And I also try to, as much as I can, reach out and offer yeah. a hand. Um, you know, there were a couple of coaches that did to, that to me when I joined U Sports at a really young age. 
and uh, and those memories really resonate with me. Um, so yeah, I try to offer a hand wherever I can. I don't feel like I'm truly old enough to be in that space right. yet, but uh, time time passes quickly, I guess. Well, you put a lot of work in in, in a short amount of time, and uh, you're well accomplished. So to me, it would make sense if coaches look to reach out to you. I'm sure you have a a lot to share. Uh, and now you're currently at uh, TMU, formerly Ryerson. You were named the head coach there in June of 2012. Um, you know, how has that journey been at a, at a, at a major school in the country? Uh, obviously, a successful national championship, but just kind of walk me through your time there and, you know, some great memories so far and connections you've made at, uh, at TMU. Yeah, I've been really, really fortunate to get this opportunity. Um, when I was hired here, um, you know, the university was starting to make a shift in that the university itself had become an established um, academic institution right. that was uh, far more well established as a university, and then far more reputable than it than it had been historically. It doesn't have the tradition of of some of the older institutions around the country, but. Um, no one really knew what was happening at Ryerson at the time. Um, so the administration decided to invest in athletics. And that's something that really resonated with me. There was a, a plan um, and a desire for excellence to com consistently compete for championships. And um, it was really about growing and getting better. So we opened a brand new facility, the Mattamy Athletic Center, the former Maple Leaf Gardens. Uh, two months after I started there and um, you know a bunch of coaches in our varsity sports were were new there um, was really fortunate to work alongside Roy Rana I think that's something that's been um, incredible for me as well as the men's coaches that I've worked alongside have been really supportive um, we share things we'll banter back and forth what do you do on this both ways right. and um, not just Roy but all the men's coaches I've been with and um yeah, so that that was a really cool journey, um, you know, with him, but our, all our coaching staff at, at TMU, that investment in, in athletics at, at our school has been a difference maker. And in the past 10 years, uh, in the past six years, actually, before that, we had never won an OUA banner. We had never won a national championship in any sport. We now have two national championships, uh, five OUA banners, um, in just six years. So I think, you know, the difference in the investment uh, is paying off. And, and like you said, we've become one of the, one of the top schools um, in the country, certainly in basketball. And, and being in basketball and university basketball in Toronto is an incredibly special experience. I've, I've had the privilege of watching multiple NBA teams practice in our facility, um, you know, connect with some of the best players, best coaches in the world. Um, you know, the, the experiences that I've had over the last 10 years are, are truly endless and, and memories I'll never forget. Yeah, super cool, impressive. And, uh, you know, in my mind, uh, well-deserved for you. And I just thought, you know, you mentioned Roy and how incredible, um, it was and still is that, you know, you and him were putting in a lot of work with the national team program as well and having major success. Um, both the head coaches at Ryerson. So like, to me, that speaks volumes. So, you know, well-deserved and, um, you know, we're excited to see what happens for you going forward there. 
Uh, Carly, obviously on here on Canada Hoops, we love to talk Canada basketball, especially with guests who have played or coached for the program. And you've now coached many teams for Canada basketball as you continue to add to your resume with the program. You know, for you personally, what has representing Canada basketball meant to you? You know, where does it stack up in your in your impressive career thus far? Oh, it's it's at the top for sure. Um, you know, it's been I think twelve or thirteen years now that I've had a chance to represent Canada at different stages and, and ages and um, you know, every single time I'm I'm in that national team environment, um, you know, it's it never gets old for me. There's there's goosebump moments every time because uh, you're representing your country, and and that's something that's that's so much bigger, and it's really really hard to put into words. Right. But um, you feel it when it when you're there, and when you get to an international competition, and you hear hear the anthem uh, at that first game, but every game and um, you know, that's something that is always, always a special moment for me and, you know, kind of snaps me back into reality of, you know, as a coach, you can get really focused and demanding and wanting to be better. And then there's a couple moments where you're like, holy crap, I'm here at the Olympics or the World Cup coaching Canada. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, big time. Um, you know, over the years, like, who have you developed a close relationship um you know, with your with your time with the national team, and maybe perhaps somebody that you didn't know that well until you guys uh, started working together with the programs. Anybody kind of stand out? Oh yeah, lots. Um, you know, I was uh, mentored a bit by Allison right. McNeil. Um, I think eight or nine years ago now, and uh, you know, I think that was a really pivotal uh, relationship for me. Obviously, she was. I think she had just finished coaching the senior team at that time. So, um, you know, being able to pick her brain and lean on her experiences were incredible. Um, Steve Bauer, who's my, who's the uh, other assistant coach or one of the other assistant coaches with the right. senior team, um, has become one of my best friends from our, our times and experiences together. Um, you know, obviously spent, spent a quad with Lisa and, and to be able to learn from her was incredible as well i think you know the list is is truly endless that's just the coaches not even some of the players that i've been right. able to to work with as well yeah do you have a like from a player and team standpoint i guess like a team that stands out um you know a group maybe that you know the expectations you weren't sure what the group was going to be like and then they obviously uh kind of, you know, blew it out of the water. Is there a team that stands out for you through uh, Canada basketball? Well, there's probably a few different ones, to be honest. Um, you know, my first ever world championship was in 2012 with the U17 right. women. And uh, Kia Nurse was on that team. Shay Colley, Quinn Dornstauter, all of them are still playing. Uh, Emily Potter was on that team. I'm probably missing other important people. Um, didn't really know what to expect. I know we lost our first game of the tournament and we ended up figuring things out and coming home with a bronze medal at, at that World Cup as well. So that that one was pretty memorable. Um, I think it was 2015. I'm going to mix up all the years, but 2015, um, we had a U16 team that went down and won FIBA Americas. So anytime you win a tournament, that 
the U.S. is in. That's usually a pretty exciting accomplishment. Yeah. Uh, Br- Brazil took care of them for us, but we had a, a pretty exciting overtime win against Brazil to win that one. So, um, you know, all the medal ones, but I think all the all the teams have all provided really special experiences and, and a ton of learning, like I touched on before, too. Yeah, I, uh, you know, the 2017 uh, bronze winning team at the U19 stood out for me. Um, uh, Summer Maskovic, who played for you on that team, her dad is a, a friend of mine, close friend. And uh, so I've always followed Summer's career and uh, Bryn. And then uh, we had Aislinn Koenig join us on the podcast, too. So she was on mm-hmm. that team. And I thought um, that team played really well. Um, you could tell they were super locked in. Um, you know, just talk about uh, playing, for, uh, sorry, coaching alongside Victor now too, Carly. And just, I know it's been a short time. Um, you mentioned a couple of things you learned from him. Um, you know, what about his leadership? I, I feel like the players have really locked into, you know, his style and what he's trying to uh, put out put out there on the floor. Just maybe talk about that. Yeah, well, first, just on that 2017 yeah. team, they were yeah, yeah, cool. too, and so didn't didn't want to uh, get past them without giving them a shout out too, because they were a really great team. We had a lot of great. fun, but yeah, working with working with Victor has been um, you know a great experience. You know the experiences that that he comes to us with. I actually coached against Victor. He was Spanish um, age group coach in 2012 and 2014. I was with Canada. He was with Spain at that time. Um, I think he won silver at at both those events. So, you know, we had crossed paths and and knew each other, you know, kind of through the circle. But, you know, his experience with Spain, who's been a consistent meddling team at major events and, um, you know, also his pro experience has brought, um, you know, a lot of different uh, views, I think, to, to our program. Um, you know, he's such an energetic guy. Um, you know, he shows up every single day with a ton of energy, uh, positive energy, but also really, really demanding. And I think, um, you know, the team and, and all of us have really responded to, to that. And, and everyone, you know, has been open-minded to the changes, um, a little bit more, um, you know, I guess we're doing things a little bit different offensively and, and where we're trying to score from and get different people involved, um, you know, and, and more so, so different philosophies. I think Canada's always been a top defensive right. team in the world and, and just a couple different looks there have, you know, created a freshness, um, you know, that maybe has energized people. Yeah. Well, you know, watching the games for the world cup and everyone was locked in, you could see it. Um, those new looks and, and that freshness. And I thought defensively, wow, the team was super tough and um, really got after it. So, uh, I, you know, we can, as the community and, and fans, we can see the changes. So it's exciting. Um, one last point about Victor, like how much has he leaned on you and the other staff, especially you come to mind, just be, because of your time with the program and knowing a lot of these players, when it comes time to bring people to camp, put a roster together, like you obviously know these players quite a bit. Uh, you're looking at two different quads for players like Natalie and Kia, and so to speak. You know how much does Victor lean on you for ideas and thoughts in terms of putting a, a roster together to go to a tournament? Yeah, 
Yeah, I would say like from a roster perspective that like he's led that okay. area. Um, and I found it personally to be important that like he develops his own view of the athletes, you know, kind of unfiltered. But if he asks, we certainly provide provide our opinion. But um, he's definitely leaned on us in a ton, ton of ways, you know, as maybe more so as we're building the team and, you know, how certain people may fit together or, or respond to certain things or you know, certainly how to use people in different situations based on those experiences. So there's definitely some of those elements and, um, you know, even just some of the, the Canadian cultural things of, you know, you want to let a new coach build their own culture and, you know, have it take shape as, as they right. want. Um, but, you know, he's also been keen to make sure that we maintain a, you know, a Canadian identity and, you know, his commitment to, to becoming Canadian has been, I think something that, that, you know, everyone has been, uh, has really felt. And I think that's energized and, you know, connected everyone. Yeah. To. Cool. It's, uh, it's cool to hear that. Um, just one question, just in terms of the women's program as a whole, you know, you know, from your point of view, the women's program, there's been consistent buy-in. The women have always tried to show up, play, commit, uh, and put the program, you know, further and further ahead, and 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 the evidence is there with results. You know what? When you're around the players and, and seeing them, and and always showing up to camp and going to tournaments, you know why? You know what are they saying to you and and the other people involved with the teams about why they keep doing that and just why it's so important to them? I think there's a few different elements there. Um, you know, I think we've done a really great job with the younger age groups of inspiring the goal to be an right. Olympian, um, to represent Canada. So, you know, and how that can actually help your goals to become a pro to go to the WNBA to, you know, how those things all align. And, and I think, you know, connect, I think is something that's, um, been well established. I think the experience that the athletes have, the connection that they develop to each other, you know, there's a, a story that's, you know, lived on from the Allison days where they spent 40 days in Fraser Valley in residence, nice. um, you know, back in the days when we didn't have the funding that we did now. And, you know, in, in those days, the only thing you had was each other. So there's this established culture of, of the work ethic and, you know, connectedness and playing for each other as well as the country. And, and those stories ring true and, and through to new generations. So, um, yeah, I think both of those pieces are huge and, um, you know, the older players just share those stories and, and I think embrace the younger athletes as they come in too. And there's just carry over. Yeah, it's cool. The women's program is mad. It's in good shape and it's exciting. And, uh, you know, I feel, and, and lots of us have chatted throughout the podcast, that um, it needs more love. And uh, so that's what we're trying to do here. So I appreciate that insight. Um, okay, Carly, I think I asked you this or prepped you for this. Do you have a top five or favorite five of all time for Canada basketball? For sure. This is a tough yeah, I know. question. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I definitely spent some time thinking on it and um, going to lead by saying that I'm going with all Love women. It. There's definitely some men's 
Canadian players that have had an impact on me, but I got to lean into the women's side. Cause like you said, we gotta, gotta get the names Definitely. out there and, and the stories. So, um, first one for me is, is Sylvia Sweeney. Um, sh- she's a former, you know, world cup or world championship MVP in late seventies. I think it was, um, has a U sports award named after her and, um, has some incredible accomplishments. Uh, the second one for me is Bev cool. Smith, two-time Olympian, uh, Canadian team coach, um, you know, has just been such a, you know, proud Canadian representative throughout her entire career. And I think, you know, it's like three degrees of separation to everybody with Bev Smith uh, in Canadian women's basketball, for sure, if that. And, um, you know, after this, it got really okay. tough. It got really <laughs> tough. And I made a decision, first of all, that um, it's tough to name just five, is, yeah. but I'm not going to talk about any players that are still okay. playing because there's probably some by the time they're done that uh, that would be on my list. Like like we talked about earlier, um, you know, I coached Kia on her first ever national team and now I'm coaching on the senior team. So she's a special one. Yeah. Nat from Nita to the Olympics. Uh, Bridget Carlton has been been a player that you know I've had since she's been 14 as well so those three in particular would probably be on the list uh, but not till they're done all right um, so I'd have to go with uh, I'd have to go with Kim Smith Gauthier because of the you know the history of you know having played against her and and the longevity and commitment that she just you know demonstrated to our national team was just unbelievable and then I'd probably throw um, Stacy Dales and and Tammy Sutton Brown Love in it. there as they had some pretty great WNBA careers and I think started to pave the way for for future Canadian WNBAers as well. That is an outstanding five. I love it. Um, <laughs> right. No, I mean, and then listen, if if when people listen to this, you know, Sylvia, if you don't know. Uh, about her or her story or her game, like man, she was tough. So uh, I've tried to be a little history buff on the on the program, obviously. Uh, okay, so who's coaching that five coach? Who's coaching that five? <laughs> yeah, well, me? yeah. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Totally kidding. I would love. To, I would be honored to work with uh, those five players. I think that'd be a pretty good roster no in their kidding. prime. Um, but I don't know how you narrow it down. You know, I've I've been so lucky to to have touch points with so many of the coaches across our country that, you know, at the university level, national team level have just been trailblazers. Um, women in particular, uh, you know, Michelle Belanger was a 40-year university head coach. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not directly answering your question yet because I, I just want to highlight some of the, the women and men yeah. coaches that, you know, in, in particular were at U Sports from the beginning and helped establish women's basketball and, and certainly Canadian University, um, you know, that have paved the way for, you know, people like me who now have a full-time job coaching basketball and I also have a full-time assistant coach and the opportunities that are in coaching now from so many of the, the women and men that I've mentioned, um, you know, are huge, but I don't know, Bev could be a player coach maybe, or, um, you know, Kathy Shields probably deserves a shout out in there as well. Um, probably a career a little bit cut short, but super, super impactful. Probably, 
do some great stuff with that five. Uh, Carly, any shout outs or thank yous before I get you out of here? And again, we truly appreciate you joining us here. You know, I would just close with the, the echoes of what I just said of, you know, I feel so grateful for, um, you know, the opportunity I have to be a coach, but um, all the people that have helped make it possible supporting me, but again, paving the way. And we've got special Canadian coaching and Canadian basketball community that I'm just really lucky to be a part of. Yeah, agreed. Uh, well, well done. And, you know, we, we wish you all the best this season with TMU and go get another national championship. And obviously looking forward to seeing uh, you on another uh, Canada basketball uh, bench as well, Carly. Amazing. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, for sure. That wraps up another episode of Canada Hoops. I want to thank Carly Clark for pulling up. Thank you for listening. Please continue to share Canada Hoops, rate, review, and subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Keep supporting Canada basketball and our Canadian Hoopers, and we will see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Canada Hoops.